Welcome in to Lockdown Blackhawks for Friday, November 15th, 2019. It's Jay Zawoski here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lots to get to today. The Blackhawks have sent Adam Boquist down to Rockford. We'll discuss that. That means Connor Murphy is close to returning. We'll discuss what impact he will have when he returns. And while it's not game day today, the Blackhawks do play the Nashville Predators on Saturday. So we'll take a look at what the Nashville Predators have been doing as of late. First, want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Of course, you can send an email to LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. Send a voicemail 708-653-0572. While you're on Twitter, by the way, don't forget to follow the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, my other podcast, at Madhouse Pod. There will be a new episode coming out this afternoon. I mentioned in Thursday's Locked On podcast how I've got some good information to share about what changed uh, between the San Jose and Vancouver games. I'm saving it for the Madhouse podcast, uh, so don't miss it. Stuff you're going to want to hear, stuff you're going to want to know about, stuff that nobody else has. So make sure you check the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. That'll come out this afternoon, somewhere around 4, 4.30 p.m. So ha- keep an eye out for that. All right, so let's get right to it. Adam Boquist sent to Rockford, and this was sort of a question we'd been looking ahead to for a couple days now. As we heard that Connor Murphy was close to returning, practicing at full speed, and that he was eligible to return on Saturday against the Predators. It felt like the most logical move from a paper standpoint was sending Adam Boquist down. If they didn't, they would have had to wave Slater Cuckoo to get him down. Um, you know, and, and I'm, you know me. If you've listened to Lockdown Blackhawks or you've listened to the Madhouse podcast, you know that I am team play the kids. I want Boquist here. I want Doc in the lineup. I want them playing all the time. <laughs> I want them given good minutes. I want them to grow their game at the NHL level. And while I understand why the Blackhawks chose to send Adam Boquist down, I get the logic behind it. I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm not going to flip a table over. I know Adam Boquist is going to be here. I know Adam Boquist is going to be good. I know chances are some defenseman on this team will be moved out before the year's over to make room for Adam Boquist. Another one's probably going to have to go too before next year because Ian Mitchell is going to be ready to play too. So I know it's coming. And to me, I just feel like, first of all, it's fairly obvious that regardless of how well the Blackhawks have played over their last four games, they're not a Stanley Cup contender. They might battle for a playoff spot. Who knows? Maybe they ride a hot goalie for a round and win a round and surprise some people. But this is not the sort of team that's going to hoist the Stanley Cup come June. It's just not. Realistically, it's not. So I'm all for developing young players and seeing what you have. Alex Nylander should be in. Kirby Dock should be in. Adam Boquist should be in. Now, something with Doc and Boquist to keep in mind, when the World Junior Championships come, the Hawks will have the ability to let those guys play in that tournament. That will be an interesting discussion for when that time comes. I think it might not be a bad idea to let them do that 
It's a great experience. It's something that's sort of a once or twice in a lifetime kind of a thing. And like I said, this team is not really a Stanley Cup contender. So if you want to let them go for a week or two, by all means, go for it. But other than that, I think they're best served playing here. And what I mentioned about Adam Boquist, and if you missed it, I'll recap it a little bit. Aside from being able to um, develop against the best competition, you're also, if if Boquist is here in Chicago, he's developing under the tutelage of the best coaches in your organization. Now, whatever you think of Jeremy Colleton and Sheldon Brookbank and Thomas Mattel and all the guys that run the organization for the Blackhawks, they're the best coaches in the organization. Love them or hate them, it's the truth. The other factor is Adam Boquist can skate in practice and morning skates and in games with longtime NHL veteran defensemen like Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook and Calvin DeHaan and Oli Mata, who's won two Stanley Cups. I think there's value in that. And yeah, you can send him down to Rockford and you can play him on the penalty kill and you can play him on the power play. And I think he's going to go down there and we're going to see a big jump in his numbers from when he was down there for the first stint this year because he really wasn't doing much earlier this season down in Rockford, at least statistically. But I just think I've seen enough from him to say I think that he can play at this level and not feel lost. Now, a couple weeks ago, before Bookless was called up, I told you I had spoken to some people around the league, and the concern with young defensemen is they try so hard to just survive at the NHL level that they the attack comes out of their game. They are just sort of, you know, like you picture a duck. Looks calm on the surface, but underneath the water, it's really flailing wildly to stay afloat. And that is what I'm told was the situation with Henry Yokoharyu last year. By the way, Henry Yokoharyu now in the top pair in Buffalo. Whatever. But that's what I was told was the deal with him. We all thought he looked good, right? The eye, eye test said last season when Henry Okaharu played for the Blackhawks that he was doing a good job and he was a competent defender. But apparently what the Blackhawks saw otherwise send him down, then traded him in the offseason. Boquist, they're different players. Yokoharu and Boquist are not the same kind of hockey players. But nothing I've seen from Adam Boquist indicates to me that he cannot handle what he's been given at this level. The offensive game is there. The vision is there. The speed and skill is there. I think the mistakes we've seen him make have been reading the situation incorrectly, right? Like sending a blind pass somewhere where there wasn't a defender or the San Jose game, and I've mentioned this before, forgive me, but the San Jose game, the puck jumps over his stick and he doesn't immediately begin the chase because he thinks he has help that he doesn't have. But when he's playing defense and a puck carrier is coming at him, I think he's done a solid job at being able to fend those guys off and defend properly and defend well. So, I don't know. Obviously, the organization knows more about him than I do. They have hands-on access to him. They have conversations with him about how he's feeling, how he's doing. They've got tape and angles and practices to look at that we don't. But I'm disappointed that Anna Bokos was sent down. Again, I'm not mad. I get it. 
but it's disappointing, and uh, hopefully he's back sooner than later because I really liked what he brought. It was a nice element to uh, the team. It was a nice sort of uh, purely offensive thing from Adam Boquist, even though, like I said, the defense was fine. I really liked the way he was able to move the puck and create, and uh, I know he'll be back, and he'll be a Blackhawk for a long time. I said that about Yokoharu last year, but, eh, you know. But I think he'll he's in the plans. They know how important he is, and I think he'll be back here sooner than later. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here. We have discussed the uh, Adam Boquist demotion, but we have not talked about Connor Murphy's return. That's the reason that Adam Boquist has been sent down. So Connor Murphy appears to be on track to play Saturday against the Nashville Predators. And quite frankly, what's happening is the Blackhawks are getting their most effective defender back. And I noticed today on Twitter, and I don't want to shine a spotlight on the vocal minority of people, but I I do feel like most Blackhawks fans don't realize how important to this team defensively Connor Murphy is. He is, kind of without a doubt, their best defender. Now, is that an ideal situation on a Stanley Cup contender? No, of course not. Connor Murphy should not be the best defender on your team if you have championship aspirations. But he's a really solid three or four on a Stanley Cup contender, and he has been the guy I trust the most on the Blackhawks defensively this season. That said, Duncan Keith and and, and Calvin DeHaan have been good. Keith has been really good lately, and I think defensively. He's been a, a real difference maker. But I think that Murphy has done a solid job of sort of solidifying himself as the top defender on the team. And when you look at some of the numbers in Connor Murphy's game, they're not going to blow you away. He's not here to score, and I think that's part of the, um, I guess you'd say it's part of the reason Hawks fans might not love him. The other thing, and it can't be ignored, is the fact that he was traded for one of the most beloved Blackhawks of the Stanley Cup era in Nicholas Jalmerson. And, you know, you can look at that offseason, by the way. They traded Panarin, they traded Jalmerson the same offseason, so two years ago. Since that trade... They are 33 games under 500 since the Panarin and Jalmerson trades. That year, by the way, the season that led up to those trades, the Panarin and Jalmerson trades that summer, the Blackhawks had 108 points. And yeah, they were swept in the first round, but you can sort of pinpoint that day as the re- as the moment that things started falling apart for the Blackhawks. There's other factors that go into it, obviously, losing Marion Hosa was not a great thing either. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but you can sort of pinpoint the day that Jalmerson and Panarin were traded as the beginning of the end, I guess you'd say, for the Stanley Cup era Blackhawks. Joel Quenville also was incredibly unhappy, and this is documented. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Joel Quenville was furious and stormed out of a meeting when he found out Nicholas Jalmerson had been traded. So he was also not keen on Connor Murphy because of who he was traded for. And it's logical. Again, everyone loved Nicholas Jalmerson. I love Nicholas Jalmerson. The dude gave everything he had to the team. But if you take the 
blinders off or you take the, you know, if you, you're feeling bad about Murphy because of how he was acquired, it's the same thing that happened with Alex Jamnov, by the way, when he was training for Jeremy Roenick. No one gave the guy a chance because they all hated the deal, and rightfully so. But Jamnov was a good player that never got credit here. Murphy, to a lesser extent, is sort of suffering the same thing. But let's take a look at his numbers this year. And again, he's only played six games. Injuries are definitely a concern for Connor Murphy. They've been a problem for all of his Blackhawks career. But when he's in, he's effective. He has a team-leading 5-on-5 even strength Corsi, 55.25%. And Corsi relative, he's second best on the team. If you still believe in plus-minus, he's an even player. His 2.84 expected goals against per 60 is the best on the current roster. Dennis Gilbert's the only guy ahead of him. He starts 55% of his shifts in the defensive zone. And as far as high danger scoring chances for go, 57% in the high danger chances for and against category. This is a guy on a team that is blitzed in possession every time they play even when they win they're massively outshot they get dominated in possession most nights in shot attempts most nights in shots on goal most nights he also has not been part of this team for the air quotes resurgence the vancouver pittsburgh toronto vegas uh, stand we're on right now so he's only been a blackhawk during the worst of times this season so to see those numbers tell you that Connor Murphy is doing the right things and he's effective. And they are a definite better team with Connor Murphy on it. I wonder what's going to happen with the pairings. That's what I'm really kind of curious to see. There was no practice on Thursday, so there were no line matchups rolling or anything like that. Um, but I'm, I'm really curious to see where, where Murphy's going to slot. This season he spent... The most time with Duncan Keith on his right side. They played 79 minutes and 13 seconds together as a pair. They had a 55.3 Corsi 4 percentage. And uh, that's your top pair. And I think it makes sense to that's where he would go next. That is the vast majority of Connor Murphy's even strength ice time. Next up, it's not even really worth noting, 11.42 he played with Slater Cuckoo. But that's not, that's not even noteworthy. Most of the time he spent this season was with Duncan Keith, and uh, that's where I think they should start him. If he's healthy and he's ready to play, he'll be in the lineup, and he should play with Duncan Keith. If he's if he's not ready to start top pair minutes, then he shouldn't be in the lineup yet. I believe the fact that he's back and playing on Saturday means he's 100%, means he's ready to play, and plug him right into that top unit with Duncan Keith. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? I do. Feels like a long time ago. <laughs> but now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity for whoopee arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. 
it's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. It's Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Jay Zawoski here previewing Saturday's game against the Nashville Predators. Yes, it's not game day, and this is typically a game day thing, but guess what? It's Friday. We don't have a podcast on Saturday, so let's take a look. Let's go behind enemy lines and look at the Nashville Predators. The Nashville Predators gave the Blackhawks an absolute ass-whooping last month. I said it was the worst game the Blackhawks have played in 10 years, and since that game, we've had two that could probably be, uh, you know, potentially on par, the L.A. and San Jose games. But the final score of the game against the Na- Nashville and the Hawks was 3 nothing. but it was an absolute, absolute 60-minute ass-whooping from the Nashville Predators. They outshot the Hawks 51-20 to in that game. Nick Bonino had a hat trick. Am I refreshing your memory on this one? Robin Leonard stopped 48 of 51 shots. It was an absolute beatdown. The Hawks will be happy, I would think, for the opportunity to go to Nashville and right the wrong of that game. They've been playing like a different team. There's no doubt about it. And again, I've got some information on why. So you're going to want to check out today's Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast later this afternoon. It will be ready for your evening commute and, of course, for the weekend. So don't miss it. There's good info in there. So Nashville, what have they been doing this season aside from kicking the Hawks' ass a couple weeks ago? They are 9-6-3 in 18 games. They have 21 points. Their Corsi 4 percentage is 13th in the league with a 50.95. High danger scoring chances 4, 50.18%. That's 18th in the NHL, 137 high danger chances for 136 against. That's about as close as it can get. Expected goals for. This is a stat I'm going to start using a little bit more. This is how many goals you, you would expect your team to score per 60 minutes at even strength. So Nashville, their expected goals for is 30.26. Their expected goals against is 28.51. That's good for ninth overall in the NHL. Comparatively, the Blackhawks, they're 7-7-4 seven, seven, and four with 18 points in 18 games played. Their Corsi 4 percentage is 46.50. That is 29th in the NHL. High danger scoring chances. The Hawks have a 44.51%. That's 28th in the NHL. That's 150 high danger chances for and 187 against. When we look at expected goals for, the Blackhawks are at 
0.42. That is good for 16th in the NHL. Expected goals against, they are second to last in the league with a 38.92 expected goals against. That's a 45.44%. The only team worse than the Blackhawks is the Winnipeg Jets, and they are a hundredth of a point less than the Blackhawks. So it is very, very close to (laughs) the worst defense in the NHL, and that's not a huge surprise. I would, however, like to see how that's looked over the last five games, right? When we look at the overall in the league, just so you guys have a general picture of that stat, the best team with expected goals for is the Vegas Golden Knights. That's 39.52. That's a high-powered offense. The worst is the New York Rangers, 26.64. That team sucks. Expected goals against, I already mentioned, Winnipeg has the highest at 38.93. The best, the Tampa Bay Lightning, 26.67. The Blackhawks play them next Thursday. So that's a pretty cool stat. It's, It's tough to really understand how it works and how it's formulated um, but it's been around for a long time I'm I've been doing a lot of research trying to learn it I didn't really want to use it too early in the season because it felt like too small of a sample size but now that we have about a month under our belts in the league uh, I want to start looking at expected goals for expected goals against it's a good indicator of how good or bad your offense and defense are and uh, the Hawks while their offense is pretty solid according to expected goals for their defense is not good. So things need to tighten up. I don't know if they can. Like I mentioned on Thursday's podcast, I expect a lot of games to look like the Vegas game, and they're going to win some 5-3 like they did on Thursday. They're going to lose some 6-5, 6-4. They're just going to be a lot of shootouts. And I don't mean, you know, overtime ends, then a shootout. I just mean high scoring, high flying, lots of chances, both ends. That's how the Blackhawks are probably going to look for the rest of the year. So Hold on to your hats. It's at least exciting. At least you're not bored out of your mind watching the Blackhawks. It's entertaining. You can't tell me the Vegas and Toronto and Vancouver games were not exciting. So I'd much rather have that than the crap fest we've had leading up to those games. So anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This is episode 35 of Lockdown Blackhawks. Hard to believe. Uh, but the success has been wonderful. Thank you all so much for your support. Again, make sure you check out today's Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. should be up around 4, 4.30. Uh, and by the way, if you're by your radio, uh, I'll be hosting on 6.70 The Score tonight from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. with Joe Ostrowski. We'll talk to Lance Briggs, former Chicago Bear, for an hour and a half of that show as well. So check it out on 6.70 The Score. 670thescore.com or the radio.com app. I'll be on the air there, and I'm sure we'll find some time for some Blackhawks conversation. Until then, make sure you start preparing your Talk Back Tuesday questions. Feel free to send them in early, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com or the voicemail 708-653-0572. And remember, you have that voice memo method. If you want to use that, talk in your voice memo app on your phone and then just send that file to the Gmail account and I'll hear it there as well. So any way you want to get in touch, I'm available. We will talk to you Monday, hopefully talking about four points and wins over the Nashville Predators and Buffalo Sabres. Fingers crossed. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Have fun. Stay warm. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.